This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. Thank you for finding us. Another edition of No Stop Lights. I want to once again thank our sponsors, Pepsi of Florence. I got my Celsius in hand, Carolina Bank. They finance all this stuff. Mickey Fins, our good friends, uh, Rick Havacost and Mickey Fins, really exclusively on Garnet Trust, but they also help us here. Marlboro Pity Electric Co-op, our next guest, we'll talk about economic development and city politics and, and local government. Marlboro Pity Electric Co-op, probably as much of an ambassador to economic development in this region as any company there is, period. End of discussion. I mean, everybody contributes, but but affordable and reliable energy. And a commitment to your local community is something that Marlboro Pity Electric Co-op do as well as anybody. Francis Marion University is a partnership. No Stop Lights has interns that are students at Francis Marion uh, in mass comm and political science. And we're trying to, you ready? We're trying to teach them the way the world works. Um, that could be that could be dangerous. McLeod Health is our largest employer and a great sponsor of No Stop Lights. McCall Farms, homegrown business, what, nearly 200 um, years old, and we thank them for their support. Victors, Tim Norwood, um, quite the supporter of our local community. Tim and I have had a thousand discussions about where Florence goes from here, where the PD goes from there. I don't know of a more optimistic and positive voice in this community. And I mean that sincerely. Uh, he's the proprietor of Victor's, and he's um, he's a sponsor of here. And PLC Commercial, um, newly ordained commercial real estate company that features um, four gentlemen who are, once again, very committed to our local economy, local community. And, um, and I want to make sure that they know how much we appreciate um, their support of this, once again, feeble attempt at podcasting. Um, we agreed about six months ago when we took on this endeavor to not try and be an extension of radio. Um, conservative talk radio is a powerful force in conservative lore. I mean, it is. There's no denying that. Is it provocative? Is it controversial? Can it be red meaty? Yeah. I don't apologize for that. It's the nature of the business. But when Dr. Fred Carter and I sat down and considered whether or not to do this, I told him I didn't want it to be an extension of the um, of the radio show. And he said, well, that would make my life better, too, if it were not an extension of the radio show. And we're gradually and slowly feeling our way around and, and want to play, you know, kind of hyper attention to our local and our regional um, politics. We'll have some House members. We'll have some economic development personnel uh, today, and, and I think this is very timely, and I mean this sincerely. Um, today we have a local um, city council member who finds himself, um, I don't want to say in a conundrum, but in a um, in a political quagmire. Brian Braddock, yes, city sir. council member, is with us this morning, the lone Republican on city council. Mm -hmm. You and I were talking earlier. We wish it were nonpartisan. It should be nonpartisan, but it's not. You are the sole Republican on uh, on City Council, and thank you for joining us. And good to have you here. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. This is very timely. So. Well, well, now let's go to that because I have watched you and I talked on the radio show a couple of days back, and I held judgment. I mean, I, I've been there. I mean, I know how difficult some of these things can be. And 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 Brian, there's a theory in politics that once you make a call, you stick with it. You don't apologize. I believe the public is willing to forgive someone if they kind of own up to what, what in, 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 in retrospect, they may perceive to have been a mistake. I know your heart. 
I mean, and I mean this sincerely. You've had some pretty in-depth and candid conversations about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think I understand exactly where you were in, in trying to make the right determination for the city, your voters, and you and you personally. But, but you chose in the beginning to allow um, an opt-out program to be implemented at the city. And, and, and I'll let you explain it. I mean, I, I know it, but I'd rather you explain from beginning to end how it was presented to you, how you arrived at your original vote, and what happened to the interim, Facebook included, Twitter included, that led you to change your mind. So, um, you know, I've told people there there was a lot of variables, you know, um, in place. And, and uh, like we were talking about before I came, you know, on the show, all day I deal with people in need. You know, I work at the House of Hope. I'm really an anomaly, you know, because, you know, socially um, socially supportive and then fiscally conservative. You know, my day job is to take care of the needs of people, you know, and then um, – but I believe in life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness and limited government, you know, and all those things. So much so um, – and, and I would say I put my money where my mouth is, but uh, I'll say – we don't take money, and that's where my mouth is. We don't take any federal government for the House of Hope. No, no state, local, federal government. We're privately funded through churches, individuals, grants, you know, so on and so forth. But I see that need um, in this particular vote. There, there was a lot of variables. One, we got a four hundred fifty million dollar uh, water bond that we that we just voted in. That I knew. I mean, over the next five years, um, and it's much needed. We have to have it, but water bills are going to go up 30 to 40%. Now, it's going to be 3% the first year and then 5% and then 7%, but that's cumulative. So in the end, at the end of five years, if your water bill is $100, it's going to be $130, $140. Um, and that's if you're in the city. If you're in the county, it might be $150, $160, you know? And uh, and that was one of the biggest reasons that I voted against the that that ordinance um, for that bond referendum, uh, not because of the amount, the $450 million, although that was very, that's a large amount, but because the the increased rates were going to be higher for the county than they were the city. I thought that they should be the same. I voted against it. Um, but I also knew that everybody was going to be impacted. I see it every single day. I deal with it every single day. You know, if you're a, a senior, if you're a veteran, if you're you know, disabled, if you got small children in the house, if you're our most vulnerable, I knew that they'd be impacted. So, and, and then there was a situation, a particular situation where a teacher in Timminsville, I don't know if y'all remember this, it was a big Facebook thing, but there was a teacher in Timminsville who, uh, who had had a water issue and she didn't have water for like six weeks, you know, um, and people found out and, and it was addressed. Uh, there was a, a issue with how the the city had fixed her problem, but there was no vehicle in place to help this this lady. There, there was no. This was helping people, right? True. That's your occupation. That's, That's your livelihood. Yeah. And there was no precedent. There was no. Do we give her water for free? How do we? How do we right this wrong? Because the city really was wrong. They said that they had done a repair or thought they had done a repair and it hadn't been done, and this lady was without water. You know, and so you know, I had all those factors and variables. So, you know, everywhere you go electric company, grocery store, there, there's some type of roundup program to help somebody. Um, this was going to be to help those most vulnerable, you know, influence, round up on your water bill. Uh, on average, the average 
you know, homeowner, it might be around $6. The most it could be is $11.88. So uh, we're in the committee, finance committee meeting, and we're talking to the city about how to implement. And they said the opt-out pro version would be the most successful and the easiest to implement. And, um, and with that, we said, well, you know, we need to, if we're going to go that route, we need to give time and space. So we said, okay, we voted in, but we're going to give six months for people to opt out. We're going to let them know how to opt out. And and, um, and and really where I messed up is I wasn't as sensitive to that as I should have been. I was taking, you know, the the amount of the bond, the effect on city, the, the, the difference between city and council, the people to be impacted. And I really didn't give stock to the opt-in, opt-out version the way I should have, honestly. And so, you know, we we voted in. It's two readings, you know. Uh, it's in the news. Nothing, you know, don't hear anything about it. And then uh, what did I do? I didn't put out a politically taunting Facebook post. All I put was the link Here's the link to opt out of the new water program. Holy smokes. <laughs> you know, uh, that's when the crap hit the fan. Oh, so to speak. my goodness. You know, uh, I alluded to uh, to stepping on a hornet's nest, I think, you know, on the radio show the other day. You know, you step on a yellow jacket nest, a ground hornet nest, and and you don't know what you stepped in until you're a hundred stings into it. But Brian, you did something that so few elected officials do. You owned it. There's an old cliche or strategy in politics. I mean, it goes back to my time in the game, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, if you make a call, you stick with it. And if you got to double down, you double down. Trump-like, you got to triple down, you triple down. You got to quadruple mm -hmm. down, you quadruple down. What led you down the road of a mea culpa? Um, you know, really, you know my history. I, I have, I have found my victory over addiction and and owning it. You know, and. And uh, if you make a mistake, you know, you got to own it. And Do my, you believe you made a mistake philosophically or you made a mistake as a Republican member? Because when I ran mm -hmm. and served Brian, at times I got conflicted. I mean, I come from a very rural setting where I watch jobs leave and I watch opportunities leave and, and the government had a hand in some of that. So philosophically, I'm limited government. I'm personal independence. I'm pick yourself up by the bootstrap. I'm rugged individualism. But, but then there's the humanistic side of that. And, and I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, I know you well enough to believe that you struggled with being a conservative Republican, but making it easier to help your fellow man. Yeah, quite honestly, given everything that was going on, helping, making sure that things were fair and helping those mostly impacted was my motive. My mistake was that I did not give the right um, thought and and into this opt-in, opt-out. You know, of, of everything else going on, that really was the biggest part. And I missed it. I mean, I completely missed that because, you know, my eyes were elsewhere. My heart was elsewhere. My eyes were elsewhere. And, and I didn't take into account the, the impact. Of so that. where do we go from here? I mean, you've made public your apology. Um, you've owned it. You, you've admitted mm -hmm. that, hey, my, my decision was probably not reflective of the people that keep me in office. And, and ultimately, your job is to balance how you feel with how you think your constituency feels. Where do we go from here? 
Well, I'm going to do what I said. I'm going to ask my fellow council people. I'm going to um, go to them and, and look for a path to changing it. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take, you know, conversation. But um, that's what I told people I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I am the the lone Republican on council, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm one vote. I need four. Um, but that's what I'm going to do. Are the other Democrats, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sympathy and politics don't necessarily <laughs> go together because when there's blood in the water, there's normally shark circling. Yeah. But, but are your fellow council members sympathetic to the fact that you are a Republican and the majority of your constituents have a different worldview? That, I mean, that's why we have two parties. I mean, if we had one party, everybody feel the same way. We have two parties. That's contrast in politics. But have you had conversations with your fellow council members about your decision and how to help go from here? Yeah, surprising. It's not surprising to me, but it would be surprising to most is that even as the only Republican, my my input and um, and what the input of my constituency is is always asked. It's always asked. Um, you know, they, they want to know. And I, that doesn't mean they're going to change, but they always give me the respect of asking about the impact it's going to have on me or my voters. And like I said, I with this... I simply, with this one particular caveat of it, I, I, I didn't consider, you know, how significant it would have been. Now, afterwards, they, they're, they're, they're very sympathetic. Sure. Now, now, are they coming to save me on Facebook? No. <laughs> you, you made this mess. You deal with it. I mean, that's right. the nature of politics. That's right. Has this influenced your opinion about nonpartisan local elections? Have you always? I, I, felt- I've always felt on the local level it should be nonpartisan. Most of the issues that we talk about this. This is this is a, a partisan mentality um, with this opt-in, opt-out, and I agree with that. But generally speaking, we're talking about – the things that we're talking about are not partisan issues. Uh, COVID, the mask issue, was that was very hotly debated. Uh, I know there was a time where they wanted to do some gun control ordinances and stuff like that, you know. Um, there, there are some things that are, but for the most part, it's not partisan. And, and what happens when you have partisan politics on a local level, you're allowing the national political scene to dictate the body, your governing body locally. And and we're not talking about immigration, and we're not talking about abortion, and we're not talking about those things. So it it muddies the water, so to speak. Well, she could have chose well, something better, na- but na- it muddies the water. Well, in the national, <laughs> the national media and right. the national discourse makes you choose one side or another. I want to ask you this. I mean, I, I probably know more about this than most do because I served in local government at the county level. I served at in Columbia. Um, there was a sale of the city's, excuse me, the county's water department to the city. Um, the city basically has a monopoly on on water. Uh, we're talking about economic development. We're in one of the fastest growing states in America. We have a chance to really redefine who we are over the next decade, decade and a half. Three things that are always kind of leading the way in economic development are reliable and affordable energy. We talked about Marlboro PD Electric Co-op a second ago. They're always at the table when some of these um I don't want to say negotiations, but some of these interactions happen. Um, so energy, water, and workforce. It's not your job to educate a workforce. It's not your job to make energy affordable and available. It is partially your job to address the situation with water. I'm concerned. I'm not concerned about Brian Braddock's role in that, but I'm concerned about where we are and how we get where we need to be. Talk about that as much as you can and are willing to. Well, 
everything that the city does in terms of economic development comes out of the water department. I mean, we're what we're able to do is we're able to borrow money. We're able to bond off of future earnings with the water department. So, you know, when we're looking at AESC, when we're looking um, at the behavioral hub, you know, downtown, anytime someone comes to ask the city for money, you know, for a major project, whatever it is, um, that money is going to come from the utility because that's the only money that we have. You know, the general fund pays for your your police, your fire, you know, your uh, your public works, you know, uh, tree, trash, you know, those things, those functioning things. Um, so there's no money. You you can't you can't take a million dollars from the police force to to give to the behavioral hub. You know what I mean? Um, because you got to protect people. Um, so the only place it can come is from from that water um, bonding off of future earnings, and I mean it's paramount. There there would be uh, the investment, and all this is public record. You could look on through the minutes, but the city uh, voted to put twenty million dollars towards um, towards the the water infrastructure for the new battery plant. Well, that was bonded off of the water fund. But listen, you're talking about a $1.6 billion investment now. But more importantly to me, you're talking about 1,500 people making an average of $35 an hour. You know, so for the restauranteur, you know, for for the local uh, sports, sports for Irby Street, Sporting Goods, Schofield, the appliance place, you know, local business, that's going to have a humongous impact. Realtors, real estate development, all that. So for me, I mean, it's paramount. Now, it's not just economic development. A lot of times, money comes out of that for um, for soccer complexes or for museums or any project. You know, whether it's cultural, whether it's economic development, it's money generally that comes from that or grant, some type of state or federal grant. And and, and once again, I'm not blaming Brian Braddock, but there was a um, there was a neglecting of maintaining the critical infrastructure. We've run up a big bill because we chose to, once again, previous councils, pre- previous administrations, and, and I get it. I mean, I understand it. Um, they prioritize spending the money on things other than, and I'm not saying they make bad decisions. They made those decisions, mm-hmm. but it's left you guys with a decision about how to repair and and, and the critical maintenance in, involved in the infrastructure. Are you comfortable with the plan moving forward in in operating and maintaining the water system, making the necessary repairs to get it to a better place. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, one of the the things about it is very comprehensive. The four hundred fifty million that were you know walk ha- us through that. The yeah. four hundred fifty million does what? Uh, so it it increases our water production production capacity. You know you're you're limited in the customers you can bring in by your capacity. DHEC regulates all this. So, so we need more capacity. Um, Stormwater issues is a big thing that we got to address, but also um, wastewater. So we've got, we had applied for DHEC for a new wastewater facility on the west side of town. That's where, that's where Florence wants to grow. Florence wants to go grow west. And now that the school districts have been absorbed, you know, that, that boundary is gone. It's going to go that way. Well, our water department, our, our wastewater is off of National Cemetery Road, <laughs> you know, and, and our water department is out there off of 327. Um, so we tried to get a plant, a, a 
wastewater treatment on the west side of town, DHEC denied it. So we have got to move all that wastewater all the way down Second Loop Road, you know, Metters Road to connect to and get it to National Cemetery Road. That's a huge part of it. We're also, you know, we got to get the uh, the wastewater um, that's running through Jeffries Creek behind Wisteria. We got to get that out of there. You know, we got stormwater issues, you know, around the Y and different things. So it, it's new production. It's, uh, it's wastewater from the west side of town. And then it's taking care of some um, infrastructure that we have neglected over several years. You've mentioned a couple of times, and, and I, I mean, I, I'm familiar with this. I mean, there is some inequity in the rates, the tap fees when it comes to county mm-hmm. and city residents. Um, the county doesn't have water. But they have a, and I'm going to be uh, political operative here for a second. The county does have recurring revenue in the form of a, a penny tax. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've got to ask permission from the public to implement the continuation of that tax. But they can, um, at their discretion, decide what priorities of fundings are. The, the city, to me, struggles with repairing and maintaining the roads, that there's not a lot of money in the city budget. Maybe no, no money in the city budget to fix no and repair. no line item for roads. Okay, and I'm not talking about road beds. I'm talking about right, resurfacing right. roads that need to be resurfaced. You're a member of city council. You can't speak for the council at large, but you can speak for Brian Braddock. Do you believe it's in all of our best interests for the city and county to negotiate in some way, shape, or form the funding of roads and the, the curtailing of the inequality in rates and tap fees to county customers of the city's water? 100%. 100. Me and Jerry Yarborough are in the same Sunday school class. And there was a time I had two guys from the water department, you know, in, in my Sunday school class. We talk about it all the time. I mean, I, I think that it should be the same. Um, the big rub has, has been for the last years is the city having the water and, and the county having the, the access to fixing roads. You know, so if that's where the rub is, that's where the fix is, right? Where the rub is is where the fix is. And, and, and that also goes to economic development. You got to have good roads, and um, so I, I think that that is the that's the press, that's the that's the access point of fixing this issue, or you know, one of them is 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 the county and city's working relationship good enough, functional enough, solid enough? That's a big deal. I mean, you know that that's a big deal. Local governing bodies like control of what they control. The county controls that penny. The city controls the water. There's got to be a deep trust between those two governments to make a deal work. Do you feel that we're, we're there or we still got to bond better? There's still got to be a, a constant. You, I mean, the county has unique interest. The city has unique interest. But, but that, that's the interest constituents in the county and city share, roads and water. How, how can we better develop a working relationship. I mean, I know you try that hard. I, mean, I know people in the county, and I know you work with them the best you can. But are we there, or is there ways to go? We're heading in that direction. I mean, I'm optimistic. You, you've got, you know, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the Hatfields and McCoys have passed away. You know, or moved on, or you know, uh, gotten didn't get reelected. So you got you got new you got a new generation. You know, that doesn't have the the back history you know what i mean it's not bringing the fiefdoms yeah it's not bringing you know this stuff that happened 10 years ago to the table you know so that's different um we got to make sure that we don't create new stuff <laughs> you know we don't need to bring new stuff to the table but I, I think that the environment is there the willingness is there um on both sides but it's 
we can't let individual city city council people or individual county council people, you know, mess up something for for all of us, you know. Um, and I think that's the biggest. Well, thing. I mean, and, and my point, Brian, is we're going to always have disagreements. Always, but and 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 some matter and some don't matter as much. The the issues we're discussing today matter enormously. And they don't just matter in who has the power over the water, who has the power over the penny. They matter in, is this community going to live in a place where one ad valorem tax meal generates a million dollars or not? The city can't do that without the county. The county can't do that without the city. There's got to be collaboration. I think we're at about five hundred dollars or $60,000 per meal in the county. Um, Horry County is a couple of million. I think Charleston County is $4 million. Mm-hmm. We're not getting there. I mean, we don't have an ocean, we don't have a a harbor, but we can maximize our potential if the county and city can can willingly and collectively work together. I think a tax meal, and here's why it matters. I mean, if you have growth, the tax burden goes to more people. You spread that tax burden uh, around. And and I'm I'm encouraged, and you and I have talked a little bit about this off the air. I'm encouraged that they're seeing, I mean, you seem to be willing to try and kind of step in that gap and do the best way or the best you know how of, of kind of consolidating some of those forces. How long have you been on city council? Uh, going into my fourth year. So I, I served a, a two-year uh, remaining term, and I got reelected, and I'm in the second year. I come up for reelection in 2026. I, I got a bad habit of being blunt. You like it? Most days. Most yeah, days for the last week. Yeah, the last week's been tough. You know, I— I like, I see what happens and, and I see. Explain that. I see what happens. I mean, walk me, walk me through that. So, you know, when you look at local politics, um, the ordinances, the impact that it has on, on the individual, you know, the, the decisions made on city council are going to impact my wife, you know, my parents, my friends, my children, my children's children, you know, and so to have a voice in that, you know, I'm honored. I'm humbled to have a voice in that. Now, when when people people don't get to see everything, and so you you get picked apart on different things, um, and people don't they they don't look at you as an individual. At certain points, you just become a vote. You know what I mean? Or you become a failed expectation of someone who voted for you. Um, when that happens, you know it's kind of different. But for the most part, I. I'm humbled and honored to be in a, in a position that can have a positive impact. What have you learned in the last two weeks, last week and a half? I've learned to uh, – Because nobody be, likes that. I mean, yeah. nobody likes that. I mean, you, to be in politics, you've got to have a bent gene. I know you well mm-hmm. enough. You've got somewhat of a bent gene. I got it. But nobody likes to be in, in the throes of a crap storm. Um, what, what have you learned? What have you taken away from the, the last couple of weeks? To be more mindful, you know, to to really look at all angles of an issue, to be very mindful of different things, of of my constituency. I'm not going to be, and I won't call anybody out, but I'm not going to be someone who sits on council one against six and, and screams and howls at the moon every meeting. I'm just not going to be that per, that person, you know. But I've got to be more diligent, more mindful. I, I've got to ask more people, you know, um, when I'm looking at an issue, I've got to have someone pick out the blind spots. I need to call Ken Art. You know what I mean? I, I need to call people. Me. I need to call people in the county. I need to call, 
you know, certain, I need to call the ones that I know are going to um, talk and scream the loudest or have the most influence in their voice. You know what I mean? And, and find out what they think first, just because it's a blind spot. This was a blind spot to me because of what I do and how I help people. It's a complete blind spot. And, you know, I got sideswiped. Well, I mean, I, I think you've handled it admirably. And, and I mean, that's, I'm not saying that because you're sitting across the desk. I don't need anything for the city. I'm not mm-hmm. playing politics. It's hard to make a call and regret making that call. It's harder to make that call, regret making that call, and, and tell the public you made a bad call. And you did that. That's a rarity. I don't think you realize how rare that is. Consultants would tell you never do that. Strategists would tell you never, ever do that. Brian, I think we live in a political world today. And we're talking about national politics a second ago. The only thing that Donald Trump has that most others don't have is people believe he means what he says. They don't like what he says sometimes. They find what he says bombastic and narcissistic and it probably is to some degree but i I really believe brian that 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 americans all over the country are yearning for somebody to be real with them and i think you had a chance to be real and you excelled well i appreciate it yeah i mean it's, it's just who i am it wasn't calculated it wasn't strategic i tell people my wife has been training me for 30 years how to say i'm wrong and i got it down Honey, I'm wrong. I screwed up. You know what I mean? So if I can give any kudos, you know, you know, she's told me, but that has been part of my, part of my healing, part of my recovery, part of my victory over my past life has been owning it. I had to own it, you know, so that's just, it's part of my DNA now. So it wasn't, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And, And honestly, I'm, I'm not into a political career. People ask me what's next, what's next, you know, it, I'm going to do it as long as I can do it and do what's right. And, and, and if I'm not doing what's right for people, then that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be calculated and strategic and think about the next thing. And that's really probably my undoing because I'm in a world where everybody else does, you know what I mean? And so if I am going to excel in different levels, you know, of politics, I'm going to have to have people, I'm going to have to have a kitchen cabinet, you know what I mean? A group of people that can help decipher, you know, something and, and give me some, give me their opinions. And then I'm going to make the decision that I feel comfortable with, that I can sleep at night with. But it, it'd be, it'd be wise of me to get um, some more, um, more information from people. Well said. Appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. <laughs>